Welcome to the 3D world with OpenGL and Vulkan. So welcome to the first or indeed second episode on this podcast on OpenGL and Vulkan. And today I want to give you a basic overview about over OpenGL, what it is, um, what you basically need to know about it, what's the basic working concept on it. And um, yeah, to just give you an introduction to OpenGL. So OpenGL basically is a so-called 3D API. An API is directly something I may need to explain for some of you. An API is an advanced programming interface. That just means it provides us with a bunch of programming functions that we can call to, uh, to use them to uh, create 3D scenes in a way that we want to have them. So basically it's taking work away from us because it provides us already with the functionality we need. And um, this is actually what an API does. And this is what OpenGL is. It just provides us with functions for 3D rendering. So we don't need to handle all the nasty mess behind it. But uh, we just call some functions which just say, let's say, um, draw a rectangle for me on the screen and it will do it. So that was quite simplified, but this is where it's going to. So often um, I see the question ongoing in forums and, and people ask me, how do I install OpenGL on my PC? And um, that's indeed right the, the wrong way of understanding it. You, you don't need to install it. You just need to have the proper driver because OpenGL is already there. It's um, somehow included in your graphic cards mostly and sometimes even in the CPU partially. So uh, you just need to have a proper driver which allows you to use the OpenGL functions given. And uh, how do you get this driver? Well, you just look for the vendor of your graphic card, go to the website and download the latest version suitable for your graphic card. And you should have uh, at least quite a modern OpenGL version in it. I guess most, mostly all the vendors provide OpenGL 3.0 versions, which is pretty fine for, for modern graphics. So um, this is what you should look for, the proper driver, and then if you update your driver to the latest version, you should have um, quite a modern OpenGL version. If you want to check the version that you have, I can only um, give you a hint to download the OpenGL extension viewer. That's a free tool for checking your OpenGL environments, your OpenGL capabilities on your hardware. So once more, OpenGL extension viewer, if you Google this one and download it, you should be fine and should be able to check your um, 3D environment. So what's the big deal with OpenGL? Why is it um, better than other way of renderings that you may use like GDI or GDI Plus? Well, the big advantage is it's happening on the GPU. It's happening on your graphic cards. So all the processing is taking place on your graphic cards. And the big advantage here is a graphic card can uh, run a lot of stuff in, in parallel tasks. So um, it's way, way faster than when it would all happen on your CPU. So running it on the GPU gives you the performance boost that actually makes it possible to see all the 3D animations of the 3D games that we have today. If you would try to do this on a CPU, the games would look crappy and have way less nice graphics. So that's the major point. OpenGL is executing stuff for you on the GPU and this is boosting up the speed. So how is OpenGL working? Uh, when you work with OpenGL, you will always come across the word pipeline. So there's the OpenGL render pipeline. 
So this just describes all the actions that OpenGL needs to take step by step to fulfill step by step. So in the end you get a proper 2D visible image that could be displayed on the screen. And this is what is going on in the so-called pipeline, partially running in your application on your CPU and most of it running on the GPU happening there and um, just doing steps that result in the final image. So the pipeline has a few stages you should know about. The, um, the most important stage, I guess, in the pipeline still should be the rasterization, the so-called rasterization. This is actually the point where just 3D points that you have defined in your application are somehow merged together to become a real 3D object. So if you just provide three 3D points in space, which describe the corner points of a triangle, in this rasterization stage of the OpenGL pipeline, these 3D points will really become the real triangle. The surface will be created at this point and for all the pixels that make up this triangle, all this information will be created in the so-called rasterization process. But we will go uh, into more detail about the pipeline and the stages in a later podcast, especially when we talk about the shaders and how they affect the working of the pipeline. So what you should know about when you start with OpenGL, you may be working with this so-called fixed pipeline. That's, let's say, the easy way to start. And uh, either way means that you don't need to manipulate the pipeline itself. You don't need to create the so-called shaders, but you just have a given pipeline which is working fine as it is. And um, you can just make your settings at the, in your application, tell the pipeline how it should work, then throw in your data into the pipeline and you can be pretty sure that the outcome will be fine. So that, leave, that leaves you with, with less options um, on, on changing the vertex data and changing the, the colors, but um, it's just an easy way to go. And when you're a beginner, it's just fair to start with this one to get an idea how all this is working. And later you will proceed to the so-called programming pipeline. But um, this is what you should start with. So when you start with everything that you will do will be done in the so-called fixed pipeline. So what you need to know about the pipeline work in general is that OpenGL is a so-called state machine. And state machine means again that uh, you just make a setting and this st setting will stay as long as you change it to another value. So the simplest um, idea of a state machine is you set the color to red, for example, and everything that you draw from this point on will be red, regardless if it's a tree, a house, the sea, everything will be red. And only if you change back the color to something different, then um, you, will, you will get the different color. And that's actually the idea of a state machine. Everything in OpenGL is somehow working like this. So um, the state machine is always around you. You always need to make the settings when you draw, so you can be sure you've got the right setting for what you want to draw right now. So, um, I just talked about vertex shader a few seconds ago, I guess, and I should be so fair to tell you what a vertex shader actually is. So, actually, we should first of all clarify what a vertex is. A vertex is really just the name for a 3D point. So, whenever you define X, Y, and Z for a point in space, this is called a vertex in OpenGL. So, everything um, which is a 3D object is made up of a many vertex. And the simplest object in a 3D world is a point, of course. That's just one vertex. 
Then you could draw a line, which of course is made up of two vertices. And you can make uh, the triangle, which is the major shape for everything you do in 3D. And of course you've got three vertices making up this triangle. So vertex is indeed um, a keyword that you should know about. And all the information that go together with, with the geometric point, maybe it's color, maybe um, it's texture coordinates, we talk about this later, it's normal, so with, which direction it's facing. This is all connected to this vertex and all these things connected to the vertex are called so-called attributes. So just keep this in mind for later sessions where we go more into detail that the 3D data is organized in so-called vertexes and every vertex has a bunch of attributes which define how it looks like, how it will be positioned, how its behavior in space. So that's just for you a keyword to remember. In the end, uh, we will talk as well about the fragments or the fragment shader and you could just pretty simple think of it like pixels because the fragment is not always like a pixel but in most cases it's pretty close to it. So uh, often the so-called fragment shader is as well called the pixel shader. So um, in the end OpenGL will really process every single pixel that will be visible on the screen for you and um, in the fixed pipeline of course the settings are the same for every pixel, you just made them so the pipeline knows what to do. Later when we go to the programmable pipeline we will have a so-called fragment shader, a pixel shader and we will be able to manipulate any single pixel to give him a proper lightning, its color and um, yeah, all this stuff. Uh, and of course what you need to know as well, OpenGL is not just the same on every device. So talking about desktop PCs, it's pretty uh, simple to spread software across desktop PCs because they are mostly always the same but as soon as it comes to handheld devices like iPad, Android phones and all kind of tablets um, you end up with a different version of OpenGL because they needed a lighter, a smaller version of OpenGL to work on these devices. So what was created for this? Um, first of all there was a version OpenGL ES for embedded systems, 1.0, 1.1, but you can mostly forget about those because they don't have any meaning today any longer. Um, what you should know is at least OpenGL ES 2.0, uh, which is um, for many years has been the version of OpenGL to run on all the mobile devices, if it's an iPhone, if it's an, an Android phone, uh, all, the, all the tablets. So um, that was the point uh, where OpenGL got a massive boost again because it was published on all these devices and um, the big difference to this mobile version of OpenGL, the embedded version, is that it needs to use shaders. So we talked about the fixed pipeline and it's not available on these mobile devices. So if you're going to start with OpenGL you should really start on a desktop to get an idea how it's working and then you should go to um, to the mobile devices because then you need to learn about the programming pipeline um, and it's a bit more tricky, at least if you're a beginner. Um, once you understood the concept, it's fairly simple, but to that point you should have um, at least the possibility to start with a fixed pipeline to, to know how all this is working. Okay, um, this was just a general overview now on OpenGL um, on the first strike, and uh, each of the topics I mentioned will be the topic for a certain episode that I will do uh, here on my podcast. Um, I hope you liked it so far. Um, please be patient with me. 
if my English wasn't the best all the time, please be patient with me. If you're an OpenGL expert and you think I have simplified things way too much, you may be right, but I'm trying to give people an idea of OpenGL who are just starting. And of course, if you are interested in the next topics, please stay tuned um, and just revisit my podcast to be up to date with the next episode. Thank you very much. Take care till then and see you.